Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Let's Take It From The Top. I am your host, Hallie Mastro-Berardino, and I am so excited that you are here. On today's episode, we are diving into some uncharted territory. In the past, we have covered the choreographer's perspective, the performer's perspective on Broadway, in regional theater, on tour, and today we will be covering what it is like for a performer on a cruise ship. I am so thrilled to introduce my guest for this week, Taylor O'Toole. Taylor is originally from Granbury, Texas, and she attended the University of Oklahoma. Taylor and I know each other through our many connections from our separate times working at Music Theater Wichita. She worked there in the summer of 2016. And Taylor has also been seen in Hairspray at North Shore, and she played Penny in Hairspray at the Dallas Theater Center. But like I said, today we are so lucky that Taylor is here to share all the details about working on the Disney Cruise Line. Taylor will tell us about her audition, what the rehearsal process was like, and the journey she went on performing all around the world on a cruise ship. I am so excited to dive in and for us all to get to learn from Taylor's experience. Without further ado, here's Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. We are going to be covering some uncharted territory for Let's Take It From The Top. So (laughs) I'm so thrilled that you brought this experience to come and chat about because we've never talked about this before on the podcast. It's a a crazy experience. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to jump on in. So I think we're ready. Let's take it from the top. So Taylor, why don't we start? Why don't we go all the way back? Why don't you give us a little background on like how you got into theater and then we can talk about how the Disney audition popped up for you. Cool. So I grew up in a like a children's musical theater company in Fort Worth, Texas. And to be honest, like never really thought about it as a career. And then suddenly you're like a junior in high school and people are like, what do you want to do? And um, I was like, I've always done theater. I really love theater. Um, Why don't I just try to make a go of it? So I went to the University of Oklahoma and their musical theater program, which is great. I love it so much. And then moved up to New York, uh, had been here for, I think, a year. I I booked Disney like right under a year after I had moved. So I got to experience New York a little bit and had like one full kind of audition season as they call it. And, um, and then my agent was like, I know we've never looked at cruises, but you know, as far as cruising goes, like, you know, Disney's really great. I've had clients do it before and they really love it. So would you be interested in going? And I was like, why not? Like nothing had happened. It was in like May, early June. And I was like, I might as well just go. And if I hate the audition, great. I don't have to do it. And if I love it, great. So that's kind of, it kind of just fell into my lap in that way. Yeah. Very cool. So why don't you chat about that first audition, uh, sort of what they asked you to do and what you had to do in the room? 
Yeah. So um, they do kind of like ambiguous auditions. It kind of feels like, you know, how everyone always talks about the Marvel movies, how when they audition, they like never know what role they're going in for. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the best way to describe it because Disney has everything is specifically tracked. So you may think you're going in for uh, just one role and then suddenly you end up with like 15 Mm -hmm. And they just have this audition process that they know. Um, So you can either go in to do like an open call where you just kind of sing whatever from your book. Um, I had an an appointment. So I went in and sang all the honest stuff for Frozen. Mm -hmm. And you literally have no idea when the contract starts, what ship you're going to be on, nothing. So I was like, seems like a great opportunity to just sing some songs from my childhood and have a good time. I mean, like what kid doesn't dream of like getting to put on a Disney dress and sing for the first time in forever. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, if nothing else, I've had a great time. So I did that audition and then um, they asked me to stay for a dance call, which was super chill and um, super easy and fun. I think we did uh, something from you're in town. Oh, interesting. Right. Right. (laughs) Random. And, um, and then I, uh, they asked me to come back and learn a couple other stuff from their like review shows. Okay. Um, which is all just Disney music. So it's not like you're learning songs you don't know, which is also great. (laughs) Um, so I came back for the, um, artistic director and for the casting director did that stuff and then just like didn't hear for weeks and I was Mm. like well that was fun you know whatever um and then on the day of New York Pride in 2019 the morning of Mm -hmm. I'm like getting ready to go hang out with my friends and I get a call from my agent and he's like great news uh they want you on the ship which was awesome and really exciting, (laughs) especially because I'd kind of like pushed it away and been like, oh, probably not going to happen. So it was great news. And then it was so fun to go hang out with my friends and celebrate. Yeah, that's so cool. I love hearing the stories of like when you hear and it is those times where like it you're like, okay, I haven't heard for how many ever weeks. I can like put that out of my brain and, and keep moving forward. And then boom it surprises you. It's almost like it's that much better. (laughs) Right. And also I think, um, especially for people in New York who are like doing like three, four auditions every day, sometimes like you can't sit around and hope that like, oh, this one's going to be it. And like place all your hopes on it because, you know, inevitably it's going to be a rejection more often than not. Mm -hmm. So it was nice that for this one, it was over the summer. I was like, probably doesn't mean anything. It was nice to be able to just put it out of my mind and then get like a happy surprise call. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And I mean, like you said, who doesn't dream about like putting on Disney dress, like princess, like costumes and singing the music that we all grew up on. So yes, a cool uh, job to book. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So Taylor, why don't you talk to us about like the next steps, like what sort of pre-planning things did you have to do to kind of get ready to maybe even before you start a rehearsal to kind of get yourself packed up and and to move to go onto the, the ship? 
Yeah, uh, to be honest, looking back on it, I probably didn't plan for like the living on a ship part of it as much as I should have. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh, in my brain, I just kind of prepared like a like a, a normal contract. But we got this like scary email right before rehearsals are in Toronto. So right before we went to Toronto, we got this email that was like, hey, just so you guys know, this rehearsal process is super intense and physically demanding. We recommend that you, you know, we hope you've been working out and exercising and preparing physically and mentally for the next six weeks of rehearsal. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I hadn't been doing that because I just, it was out of sight, out of mind. I was away teaching, um, actually in China, which is a whole other thing, but I was over there teaching musical theater. And so kind of this contract wasn't even on my mind. And then they sent this email and I was like, oh, I, I felt like I should have been preparing for a marathon. And then we all got there and all our whole cast was like, oh yeah, we definitely should have been preparing for a marathon. <laughs> um, so it's just, it, Disney has a system and a process and you just kind of slot in wherever you go and they teach it the same way every time. So in that way, it's kind of comforting because these people really know what they're doing. Um, But it is also intimidating because you have people returning for three, four, five contracts. And as a new person, it's like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't plan ahead as much as I could have. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it all worked out. But right. it definitely is intimidating to kind of step into, like, the massive conglomerate that is Disney. Yeah. No, and I love that, that you're sharing that part of it, Taylor, because uh, that's very much so what I'm hoping that this podcast does is give people who all, will be the new people jumping into these kinds of contracts the, like, okay, this is what I would have done. This is what I know now that – would have just helped you have the leg up kind of thing. But, but again, the idea that you did exactly what you were, were supposed to do and who, who would have known, right. To have been prepared other than receiving that quite frightening email. I can, I can only like imagine myself receiving an email like that and be like, Wah! like <laughs> what well, am I supposed to do? And it's like too little, too late. Cause they sent it a week before and we had this Facebook group of everyone on the ship and all of us were like we've known about this contract for three months where was that email three months right. ago and then yeah. you get there and they're like they have all of these as disney does like special crazy special effects like there's a tarzan number in one of the shows and people literally like climb up webs dressed as monkeys and like fly around the stage and you get there like day two and they're like, all right, everyone, just go ahead and climb up the rope. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, oh yeah, my just go God. on up there. So like, obviously, if we had known that, I would have, you know, taken my eating habits and my gym going a bit more seriously, just not even for looks, but just to be physically ready for those 10 hour rehearsal days that we ended up having. Yeah. And so why don't we why don't we jump into that, Taylor? Why don't you explain what it was like being in the rehearsal room and and sort of how that worked out over those you said six weeks that you were there? Yeah, right? yeah. So you go to Toronto. Um, on the ship, you do three different shows. 
And then you do like little extra things. Like they have a pirate night that the main stage uh, performers are also in. So you show up day one. Um, They don't send you your script or anything in advance. Um, Disney, obviously, like I said about the Marvel thing earlier, is super protective of their property. And you sign like a lot of things that say you're not going to, you know, pass the script around, things like that. Um, So you don't get anything in advance. So you show up day one, you introduce yourself, and you're given these like binders of scripts. Mm -hmm. And not only binders of scripts, but like booklets for each of the characters that you will be portraying on stage Mm -hmm. and the history, every movie they've been in, all the background information you need, like everything you could possibly ever want to know about like Cinderella in this book. And then you use it to inform your character on stage Um, because it is kind of a specific beast to Disney. You're not creating a new character, you definitely have a lot less creative license because you are meant to be the person from the movie, you know? Right. So expectation that lives there. Totally. And it's like, I mean, down to like in your, in your voice coachings being like, oh, well, like Cindy in this bit has a little less vibrato. Can we work on that? Or like Anna sounds a bit more mixier So can we work on that in that section? So it definitely is kind of like, I think because I'm type A, a super fun challenge to like make yourself a chameleon and like truly transform into these fictional animated characters. Yeah. So a lot of your time is truly just like watching Disney movies and researching, uh, which is fun, but also of course overwhelming because, you know, within the the review shows you're playing like six, seven characters a show. Yeah. Um, But that's where this creative team is so amazing because they've done this. Like we were on my ship, we were the 40th cast to do, uh, to go on the wonder and which is the name of the ship. So, you know, these creative, the creative team had like had done this 39 previous times right so they know exactly what to tell you they know exactly the direction to give you to get the result that they need and get it in a split second of a time Mm -hmm. so you know you learn all three shows and then you perform them and then at the same time because you're on a ship you are also having to take all these safety classes Mm. because you obviously if the ship starts to go down you have to know what to do because you are a crew member right so that was kind of crazy to be rehearsing for six eight hours then going to a four-hour class about like if the ship sinks you have to get 50 guests into a lifeboat you know (laughs) like yeah it was such a crazy dichotomy that you don't really realize you're gonna have to do right but it I mean it's cool because now I you know like am fire safety certified. So Mm -hmm. like, that's a fun thing on the resume, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, on top of having to memorize lines, you're also having to memorize like seven short blasts means man overboard or like random things like that. And so it's truly just like brain overload for six weeks. And then they're like, time to get on the ship. That's so crazy. And I, it's so funny too. Cause I'm, I've like gone into one of those like open call Disney auditions before. And like, that is not in the like 
audition description necessarily that you'll also have like be responsible for guests and for emergency situations that's like that's kind of crazy but i mean at the same time if you're going on the cruise ship you are considered a crew member that that is a part of your of your roles as well as right the characters and all of that that's that's kind of crazy yeah and it is like also a little intimidating because you're like i just thought i was gonna like dress up and sing songs right <laughs> and then they're like surprise you're in charge of a lifeboat if people you know if the ship starts to go down you have to know how to do that and it is intimidating especially because having never done a cruise ship before now i'm like okay it is it is low stakes but at the time you're getting all this information and people are like, this is life and death. And you're like, I just thought I was singing and dancing here. (laughs) So Taylor, can you break down the different shows that you did for us and maybe like what your roles were in each of the shows? Yeah. So we did the one everyone knows is frozen, Mm -hmm. obviously, but the cool thing about it is that they used um, the cruise ship show to uh, kind of create the Broadway show. So it's a really interesting hybrid between the movie and the Broadway show, which I really love. Um, So that was so fun. And um, I got to understudy some people in that, which I loved doing. And I got to be in the ensemble and dance around and I got to be a troll and like, That was a very fun show. Um, The second show we did was called uh, The Golden Mickeys, which I think is like the oldest show on the ship. Like it's the first one they've ever done. Um, And it's very cute. It's like uh, it's kind of set up as an award show. And the captain is supposed to show up and host the award show. And then he ends up not showing up. So then this like little stage manager who I played named Ensign Benson, she is like, of course, super shy and unsure of herself and um, ends up having to host this award show. And throughout all the, all the numbers and things, there's like best hero. And it's like this epic montage of like um, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Tarzan, Mulan, like, it is so cool. And uh, they do all these medleys like, um, you know, there's a whole princess in the frog medley. And throughout the show, the characters and um, the, the movies help her realize, you know, that she does have confidence and she can do it. And at the end, they have this like beautiful finale that makes me cry every time because it's just all of your favorite Disney characters of your whole life just parading across the stage and the kids in the audience are like screaming for their favorite characters. It's so cute. Um, so that's Mickey's. Then you have Disney Dreams, which is about a little girl named Anne Marie who kind of loses faith and belief in magic. And Peter Pan shows up and guides her through all these stories to help her find her magic again, uh, like Cinderella, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Um, and through that, she finds her belief again. And then at the end of the show, she flies. And it's like, of course, tear inducing as all good Disney movies are like, if you're not crying, it's probably not a Disney movie. (laughs) So they know how to write an arc of a show. Um, 
And that's amazing. And I um, got to hang out with Fairy Godmother and I learned how to puppet, which was really cool. Um, So I got to puppet Mrs. Potts in the Beauty and the Beast section and do a couple other things. Um, So yeah, those are the three shows and I loved all of them. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, my next question was going to be, did you have a favorite to do or maybe even a favorite moment in one of them that like every time you did it was like the best thing ever? I, I love the finale of Mickey's. Um, I'm a little partial to Mickey's because the whole show, basically, I'm just by myself. I don't really interact with anyone else on stage. I interact with TV screens. So they have like Tim Allen come on and I have a chat with Tim Allen on the TV screen or um, like Anika Noni Rose or whatever. But in the Princess and the Frog number, I actually get to be in the number and dance around with the cast and interact with them. Mm-hmm. And it's the only moment in the show where I get to do that. And I loved it every night because it was the time that I got to look people in the eyes and be like, we're getting to do what we love. How cool. <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome and just super rewarding. Um, to have an audience always that was so appreciative of what you were doing, Mm -hmm. because um, I think sometimes on cruise ships, you know, people don't really come for the entertainment. Most of the time they come for the destinations or whatever, but Disney, they always say they're an entertainment company who does cruises. Mm -hmm. So people come on Disney for the shows. So you have people who are so, grateful and excited that you're up there you know reimagining their favorite stories for them so they were we always had the best audiences yeah I can remember when I was younger I went on a Disney cruise with my family and I mean obviously my I am my whole family were very much like theater people so we are like the rare exception on other cruises that like would go to see the the shows and have these like expectations of like oh I hope this one's good and literally we oh even now like that was over maybe maybe even over like 10 maybe closer to 15 years ago and still we're like those were the best shows like that was top-notch entertainment and that was so long ago I can only imagine what it's like now they're so great and we actually discovered in rehearsal our resident director Craig uh was on the wonder and when I was little my family used to go on a Disney cruise every single year that was just our family vacation was a Disney cruise because they sailed out of Galveston. So mm. we just would drive down. And Craig and I discovered that I actually saw him in Golden Mickey's when I was on a Disney cruise because uh, we just like connected the timelines. So I saw him in Golden Mickey's on a cruise when I was like seven. And now I'm on a Disney cruise in Golden Mickey's and I get to be that for someone else which is so just like a full circle moment. It was very cool. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is so crazy. And like, so cool. The the timing and the world's colliding. That that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so Taylor, can you talk to us about, obviously you got to travel a, a lot and see a lot of different places, meet lots of different people. Is there like a, a certain destination that you loved or even like an interaction with a guest or, or anything like that, that kind of sticks out to you? Oh, that's a tough one. I truly loved my whole experience. I mean, it, it got a little weird at the end because we were on the ship when COVID happened. So mm-hmm. that was really something, but 
before that, um, we did uh, a month where we went out of Puerto Rico. Okay. And we went to the Southern Caribbean and did like Aruba, Barbados. And um, we realized when you're on cruises, you don't realize that you don't eat dinner on land anymore because Mm -hmm. you pull into a port in the morning and then you leave in the afternoon. So you spend the day and then go. But in Aruba, we got to have a late night. So the ship didn't leave until like 10 p.m. And so we got to have dinner on land. And my now roommate, Alex and I, who were on the ship together, we were like, well, we have to go to dinner somewhere on land. And we found this place and we thought it was kind of funny that they called themselves this, but they called themselves Aruba's Most Romantic Sunset Restaurant. (laughs) And Al and I were like, we got to have a girl's date and watch the sunset on land. We haven't done that in three, four months. So we went and had the most amazing dinner and the sunset truly was beautiful. And uh, I think it lived up to its hype. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, I realized how much I'd taken things for granted as I'm sure a lot of people have over the past year, but even being on the ship, little things like, you know, just getting to eat dinner on land Uh, and it became like one of my favorite parts of our whole contract was that little like slice of two hours that we got to have and watch the sunset from solid ground. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so interesting that someone who has, has never experienced that before, it is that little thing of like having those realizations of lucky that you get to do what you're doing, but also just taking that those two hours to be gr- actually grounded. And, no, truly, and literally do something grounded. different and and new. That I, yeah, that's that's really special. So Taylor, obviously, like you said, your journey got cut quite short due to COVID. And if you wanted to share what that was like with us, you can. Or maybe thinking like about the future, if you would, if you're interested in doing it, cruising again, or if if you know of anything. Uh, you know, with that coming up in the future, if there's anything to share about that. Yeah. Um, so our experience with COVID was super weird, um, as I'm sure everyone says. But we were sailing out of New Orleans, which we didn't realize at the time was going to become such a like a hot spot right at the beginning for COVID, um, obviously because of Mardi Gras and things. And we set out to do a two-week Panama Canal crossing from New Orleans all the way over to San Diego. Mm. So we got everyone on board. Um, At first, everything was fine. There were little whispers of like, what's going on? I think this was like March 6th when they got on board. Okay. So about a week before everything shut down and we were on a two week cruise. So we start off and we go to our first few ports like normal. And then we start to sail down to go through the canal and we can't get off the ship in Colombia, And we're like, well, that's weird. Then we go through the Panama Canal and they're like, we're actually not going to go to any more ports at all. So we ended up having like 12 days in a row at sea. Wow. We couldn't get any of the variety acts on. And we only knew three shows mm-hmm. for 14 days and none of the acts could get on. So we like created a cabaret to do one night. You know, there are still people on board that you have to entertain. Right. So 
all of that starts happening. And then um, we start having to have temperature checks every day as the crew to just make sure everyone's healthy because then it starts getting nervous um, because other ships, not Disney, but other companies started having crazy COVID outbreaks on board. Mm -hmm. And then the fear became, are we going to be able to get these guests off the ship in San Diego? So it became, you know, they stopped doing the buffet, obviously all these things feel so obvious to me now, but at the time we were like, what? Yeah. It seemed mind blowing. So we, they stopped the buffet. Um, when we interacted, like when Mickey and Minnie were out and we were greeting them, it was like a a duty. You had to do seven hours Mm -hmm. a week. Super easy, super fun. You could no longer like take their key cards or touch their phones. We requested that like, you know, people not hug or touch Mickey and Minnie, things like that. Um, And it ended up being okay. And we got all the guests off in San Diego. And we were like, they said, we're suspending cruising for two weeks. So they were like, we're just going to keep you guys on board. There are going to be no guests. And we'll just hang out. We'll do put-ins. We'll just like clean shows, super easy, no guests. And all of us were like, that sounds like a vacation. Right. (laughs) Okay, great. Sounds good to me. Two weeks off. Absolutely. And then the two weeks became three weeks. And then the three weeks became four weeks. (laughs) And then it started to lose its glamour a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And then the borders started closing. So a lot of our cast um, is from Canada and the UK. Mm. And those borders started closing. And then suddenly it was like, are we going to be able to even get these people home? Right. It became clear super soon that like, we weren't going to sail again. So Disney in their power somehow got us all off the ship Mm -hmm. and booked us flights home. I truly to this day don't know how they did it because I've heard horror stories of people on other ships like stuck for months and months. I'm not going to question it. I just know that (laughs) he was like, you have a flight home to Texas tomorrow. And I was like, thank you so much. Off I go. Right. (laughs) And I'm leaving. Right. I was like, I'm not even going to ask how you made this happen. Uh, I'm just going to say thank you and pack up my things and head out. But you know, like a lot of us left stuff on the ship. Like I, all of our costumes are still on board because we had a month and a half left of our contract. We left. And I left like the sheets I bought for the bed just in my cabin. I just left them because they were like, okay, your flight's tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. This was at 3 p.m. the day before. And we were like, (laughs) here we go. But I'm so grateful to them. And they really, really took care of us, especially because, um, you know, our contracts weren't over. It wasn't it. It's not my fault. The pandemic happened. Um, So Disney really took care of us as entertainment employees and um now they've started um they're doing these cruises out of the uk in the summer which is awesome a different ship than the one i was on and obviously it looks the contract looks super different because of covid restrictions and things like that not as many um privileges which is truly just a a whole nother topic about like guest privileges and things like that but you know i think the idea of performing again is amazing. And I think because Disney took so, they took care of us. um, 
a lot of people are like ready to come back without some of the privileges because they feel like, you know, Disney helped us out to get us off the ship and get us home. So as they're starting back up, even if it means losing, you know, dining in guest areas or whatever, or laying out at the pool, I can do this for them because they took such good care of me a year ago. So um, a lot of us are uh, renewing our medicals and just like getting set up so that if something were to happen in the next year, we can be ready to go um, if and when they call. It's funny. I even my family, we've been talking about like, oh, to go to Disney, that would be so good. Even like even not on the cruise ship on the park. And really, if there is a company that can like make it work and be and have safety be the thing that is like at the forefront, I feel like it is that company. And then even hearing your story about how they they really did take care of you and made sure that you weren't stranded on this ship for another month, another two months, but to, to bring you home and to get you to where you had to go. I, I have faith that hopefully you will be able to get back to work. Everyone involved yes. will be able to get back to work and that they'll do it safely. So I'm keeping fingers crossed for that. Me too. I mean, they have been really, I mean, it is such a testament to like the kind of machine that they are mm-hmm. that, they, you know, have the parks open. And it really means a lot to me as um, a cast member with Disney to see them kind of taking the lead this past year in um, reopening things safely and effectively and taking care of their cast members in the parks as well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been it's been nice to watch because it's something I felt on the ship. But it's nice for it to kind of be in the forefront and everyone get to see that as well. Definitely. Well, Taylor, this was so great. I can't thank you enough for sharing the behind the scenes scoop as someone who like, I would love to go on a cruise. Yeah, I know I've learned a lot of like things <laughs> to be prepared for. And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing your experience with us today. Yeah, anytime. I, uh, I think you don't know until you know, especially I think cruise ships sometimes get a bad rap for performers. Um, and I, I mean, I had bad days. I'm not going to pretend it was all like sunshine and rainbows, but you know, like I, where else, when else am I going to get to do three different shows a week and see the world and, you know, meet new people from all corners of the world and hang out with them. And, uh, and truly be with the most talented cast I've ever performed with. I, I, uh, it makes me sad that they get a bad rap because I, I truly believe that everyone can do a cruise and everyone should do a cruise if for no other reason to say that you did one. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. Oh, well, Taylor, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Yay. Bye. ourselves at the end of such an informative and amazing episode. A big thank you to Taylor O'Toole for coming on the podcast and sharing her journey with us. Like I said, I am keeping my fingers crossed that Taylor can get back to work very soon in a safe environment and man oh man, I cannot wait to experience the Disney magic again in person. 
If you would like to connect with Taylor and follow her journey, you can do so on Instagram. And please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I love to hear from you all. And Taylor's information, as well as my information, can be found in the show notes of today's episode. I hope you all learned so much today. Another big thank you to Taylor for sharing every detail of her experience with us. I hope you have a magical rest of your day. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go turn on my favorite Disney movie or some Disney tunes and dance around my room and just have a big party. So I invite you to do that as well. And I also invite you to have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll see you next time on Let's Take It From the Top.